0: Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Nine o'clock rolls around, and so does social studies. Hosted
1: by Sarah Cazell. That's where we go through all the good stuff on our Twitter account, at Bickley underscore Murata, based on the questions that Jared Carlin poses during the day. How was the spelling today, Sarah? Was it good?
2: Better than yesterday, absolutely. <laughs> Which it's is Hawks? The Hawks. The Hawks. <laughs> To call them that from now on. Gino Smith and the Soax. <laughs> All right. We are on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata as talking about Jared like he's not here. Said, yeah. Well, is he? Yeah, it's, it's wow. that's a good question. <laughs> Love you. Sorry. Mom, you. don't text me. <laughs> Mom, don't text me. I know it's coming. You leave Jared Carlin alone. All right. Big win for the Suns last night over the Warriors. They are now 3-1 and one on the season with wins over the Mavs, the Clippers, and now Golden State. So open-ended question, guys. Your biggest takeaway from the Suns' win last night.
1: Um, it was the subject of my first Vinny's view today. Woo! And Al McCoy talked about it, too. Poison. what was a very hectic... That third quarter was a lot. There was seven technical fouls. There was ejections. There was joying. There was coaches getting upset. There was a lot of whistles. And they turned a six-point game into a twenty-one-point game after all the smoke had cleared. For me, yeah. that's a very good show. Yes, it's one game of eighty-two, but if you want to get to the, the promised land, you have to be poised like that. And and I don't think Suns teams in the past necessarily would have kept their cool that way.
3: I um by the end of last year, there was there was part of me that really was just grown really really tired of the rough baiting, the foul hunting, the flopping, all the stuff that was just coming out of this team. Um, it just seemed out of control, and it did not seem like a winning formula to me. So the maturity of last night, to, to be in that kind of environment and, and funnel, to be able to funnel now their rage into productive basketball and mm-hmm. not get sidetracked by the officiating, you see what it did to Golden State. They're the team that snapped. Yeah, they the more spun more out, you, yeah. The more and more you watch Clay Thompson leaving the floor, pointing to rings and and pointing at the Suns' bench, it, it's it's kind of pathetic. Mm-hmm. And it's and the fact that the Suns did, did that to him in their first meeting of the year, I give the Suns a lot of credit. I, I hope yeah. this trend continues. I really, because I, yeah, I know that pet peeve was more of mine than most most people. Sure, yes. But I, I, I really think that that was holding this team back.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. And to your guys' point, Coop says his biggest takeaway. Not that Coop, not Bruce Cooper. Uh, Coop says, with the loss of Jay and JaVale, We thought it was going to be a softer team. Last night, it looked like we were just as tough, but more composed nice combination there. Jildo Shenanigan says the Suns won a game that they should have won, that is all, and oh I was way more excited to see the Sunburst jerseys than I thought I would be. They're fantastic. Yeah. What's not to love? I know. Absolutely. Joseph Covert says we overreacted to a 1-3 and three start last season. We're not going to overreact to a 3-1 and one start this season. Sure. Uh, Mr. Positive says I have no doubt in my mind the Suns would have beaten the Warriors senseless in the Western in conference Finals. You guys agree with that? Love yes, that. absolutely, one hundred percent. four okay, game sweep. It. Stop it, four games. Stop stop stop
1: Steph would have retired. Oh man. Oh boy. Okay.
2: Josh Game Show. Uh, one or two more. Josh Game Show says Cam Johnson. Jo- Johnson. Jo- J- Johnson. Default. Default. The phone. The phone. Now we're mixing them up. We're mixing the <laughs> matches. Yeah, okay. yeah we we'll whatever it. we want, man. Cam Johnson is going to take some time getting used to that starting role. Okay. And then Mr. Arizona says, hey, the bench might be better than I thought. Can I
1: add one? Please. This is just a savage rip. Ooh, we love this. From your stepdaddy. Okay. Biggest takeaway is Clay is soft physically and mentally. When he showed the four fingers, I thought he was talking about surgeries, not rings. Oh. <laughs> wow.
2: wow. Stepdaddy. Savage. Stepdaddy staying mean. My I goodness. Can,
3: listen, can we just fast forward to the next game between these teams, please? <laughs> no November 16th. Oh, my no goodness. Kidding. I cannot the wait. the
2: schedule. Goodness gracious. All right, let's get to the Cardinals quickly. Uh, which wide receiver is going to step up with Hollywood Brown out? Rondale Moore, Robbie Anderson, Greg Dorch, A.J. Green. This is excluding DeAndre Hopkins. We're looking at second receivers, WR2.
1: I would love to say Rondale Moore. I would love to say I'd love to say all of them. I don't know. Fifty percent of the targets went the way of number ten. It's hard for anybody else to step up when there's that much going to one guy, but it yeah. seemed to be working. Well, yeah. Ninety percent of the I targets would... to wide receivers went to one. To think, one. think about
3: how weird that must have been for Kyler Murray to suddenly have two new wide receivers. Yeah. There's D-Hop. Oh, didn't have him the first six weeks. Haven't had him for ten games. But that's oh, like there's Robbie Anderson. Interesting. When you're a
1: kid and you get two toys for your birthday, and you play with one and the other one just stayed in the
2: packaging. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Terrible! Time to open up the second package. That's right. This week. right That's right. right. Uh, Greg Dorch, maybe. What a Dorch! What a Dorch! Forty-six percent of our voters say he will step up most with Hollywood Brown I like out. That. With seems injury.
1: more hopeful than
2: uh, right. It's what they would like to happen. Maybe we'll see if it actually is going to happen. Twenty-eight percent voted for Robbie Anderson. Twenty-five percent voted for Rondale Moore. One percent voted for A.J. Green. That's four votes. Is it four votes? Did AJ you calculate Green. it? Oh, man. Uh
1: for a breakout.
2: Zach Ertz got some mentions. Of course, technically not a wide receiver, but yes, a, a target certainly for Kyler Murray. And let's get to this final question. During the Rush Hour reboot, I asked you guys for your advice for J.J. Watt who is now a first-time dad. He and his wife had their baby earlier this week. And so we put it out to the listeners. What is the number one piece of advice you would give a first-time parent? Y'all touched on capturing as many moments as you can and enjoying as many moments as you can with how quickly everything goes. Annie Spielberger said, It's okay to hire a babysitter so you can take a nap. Take care of yourself, Good too. Idea. That is a tremendous idea. Yes. I might do that, and I don't even have a kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just watch me as I sleep. <laughs> You're right. Tim Agnew <sighs> says, oh, this is so practical. Lubricate the door hinges in any room where the baby might sleep. You don't want to put the baby down for a nap, only to wake it right back up with a squeaky door. All right. Great call. Ralph Amsden says, the days are long, but the years are short. Soak it in. On a practical level, you got to keep your fingernails short because of the baby poop. Oh,
1: boy. I pooped my diaper. i step down, Jared. Oh, uh, yeah, please.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Desert Dirtbag says, hey, on that note, don't be afraid to change a diaper. She will appreciate you more for that. Seabrocker forty four. Hey, you get, don't change diapers by the get down way. And dirty I think as I a know parent. a few. Do you really? <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't care for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mad at him.
1: Some of my friends picked poorly. Dads, if you're listening and you have uh, diaper wearing children, come on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's not the
2: 19- what decade f- is were it? Were you
1: there when the baby was born? This isn't 1954 anymore. <laughs> no, they were taking a smoke break outside <laughs> the hospital. I was with you. the
2: fellas and yeah, I got the call. <laughs> <I'm so laughs>
3: I'll see him tomorrow. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. I've
1: got to hand out these cigars.
3: <laughs> That's right. That's right. going straight to the bar. I've got to go right. pass
2: out cigars at the oh. bar. Seabocker44 says, That's remember, awesome. show some love and care for your wife. And immediately learn to change diapers so it becomes a habit. Way to go, Seabocker. Yeah. Uh, last piece of advice from Chuck Harris. A great piece of advice specifically for J.J. Watt. Hey, stop playing with snakes. <laughs> rattlesnakes it's, around the house. Yeah,
3: that is a good point. There's new
2: chari- snake training. There's new characters
1: in that drama now. Yeah. They haven't yeah. heard of anything, any more snakes in the uh, in the bathroom at the J.J. Watt residence. Gosh, so.
2: scary.
1: Good advice. Of all course, our, advice. our listeners are very wise parents. We appreciate all of it. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Social studies every day at 9 o'clock. Every uh, Wednesday at 9.15, we get to talk football with the one and only Mark Schlereth. We'll do it next. Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: I poop my diaper. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL analyst Mark Schlereth talks football with Bickley and Murata. Brought to you by Earnhardt Ford and Chandler. Shop local. Shop EarnhardtFord.com
1: Yeah, Wednesdays. We get to talk football, NFL, with Mark Schlereth from NFL and Fox 104.3, The Fan in Denver. And that time happens right now as Mark joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Doing good. Uh, We've had a long time to chew on that Cardinals win from from last Thursday when a lot of the storyline going in was, hey, DeAndre Hopkins is back. The Cardinals offense is going to be much better. And it was better, but what do you make of an offense in 2022, Mark, being apparently successful so reliant on one wide receiver to function correctly?
4: Yeah, well, I don't know that it still functions correctly. <laughs> um, well, listen, I'm not, I'm not a believer in that offense. I never will be. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, I think this. I think that when you rely on, uh, on the passing game to get you in rhythm, when you're out of rhythm, it's really hard to get back in rhythm relying on throwing the football to get yourself into a rhythm when that's what you have and that's what you hang your hat on that's difficult like there is there's some beauty in being able to line up and just go hey man let's get into three tight ends Let's get into heavy personnel and let's just thunder punch somebody in the gut. Mm-hmm. And let's just keep mm-hmm. hammering them until we make them get out of what they're in, till we make them defend this run, till we make them, you know, basically lick their wounds. And then we'll get them over the top on some play actions. Then we'll get ourselves back into rhythm at throwing the football. And that's what I see with. And that's what I see with Arizona. I, I like and the next tight end that throws a block for Arizona will be the first tight end this year <laughs> that I've yes. seen actually yeah. throw a block for tight. Yeah, it just is. It's not what they do. It's kind of not who they are. And I know they'll pop some runs. And like my definition of the running game is probably different than most. You know, you'll have it. You'll have like Benjamin had a big game, right? Or he will have you know close to a hundred yards or whatever. And people will be like, oh yeah, we finally broke out. My definition of the running game is when everybody in the stadium knows you've got to run it. It's a third down and two. Uh, it's a red zone uh, situation. Everybody knows you're going to run it. The defense knows you're going to run it, and you line up and you run it anyway. That's when you know you're good at running the football. Exactly. Not when, hey, it's third down and seven and we pop a 12-yard draw. Yeah. Like we break one out for 27 in a third down and four situation. Like that, that's, that to me doesn't, doesn't equate. And so, you know, I I just keep looking at that. The other thing I think, and this is a really interesting, I think you guys will enjoy this. So I'm having a conversation with Doug Flutie and this was several months ago. I was at an event with Doug Flutie. And so we just talked about, you know, about kind of his journey. And he was like, listen, when I first came in the league, I really struggled being a short, undersized quarterback. I really struggled. And he goes, it wasn't until I went to the Canadian Football League where I really learned, and I started calling my own plays, what I was good at and what I wasn't good at. And, and it, was a, it was a really interesting conversation because he was like, listen, I'm not very good in the middle of the football field. Um, those big buys, especially when I have to step up in the pocket when there's a hitch, you take my first read away and I'm supposed to hitch up, now I can't see anything. Like everything's in my in, in my eye path, you know, in my sight line, mm-hmm. and I'm in the NFL game. You've got to be able to control the middle of the football field, and so when you have a guy that's a bit undersized, you take away that first initial read, and you got to move. You got to move up to the shallow crosses, and those they're hard to see, and so now everything has got to be thrown out between the window of that that initial group, that guard center guard group. And the tackle because the tackle's taking a set, so there's a natural window that opens up out there, and and that's where he goes. I had to live there. And the other thing is, I didn't want any. I didn't want to have to hitch and on any throw. I wanted the ball out right now because when I hitch, when you hitch on the throw, you step up. As you step up, you decrease that that space between you and the offensive line and those defensive linemen. And as you decrease that space, you lose your vision. And so he also said, I hated double moves. Uh-huh. because double moves to me is double move, pump, step up, lose vision. So I want to throw everything. As soon as I hit the fifth step of my draw, I want it to be all goes, right? Just go, throw it. And it was a it was a fascinating conversation to have. And as I've been watching, because I have Arizona this weekend, I've got Arizona and Minnesota, so I'm, nice. I'm calling the game. As I've watched a bunch of film, like where he's really good, where Tyler Murray's really good is outside the numbers, that's because those windows open up naturally for him yeah. in in between the numbers. It's just not as good. And uh, so I think there's some I think there's some definite drawbacks to being, you know, to being a undersized. I think we've seen it here in Denver with Russell Wilson, too. For
3: all this drama, and that's, that's great stuff, but for all this drama that's been, that's marked this Cardinals football season from the beginning of the offseason, they got a chance here to get to four and four. And I don't know if anybody knows who's any good in the, in the NFC. How much football team are the Cardinals getting in the Vikings, and how do you handicap what's happening in the NFC?
4: Yeah, you're right. They're, they're not. I mean, right now, because, you know, the teams we thought we knew were going to be good in Tampa and, and Green Bay are awful and, uh, And, you know, and there's a a bit of a mutiny going on over there as well. And so I think there's, you know, there's a ton of questions. Obviously, I think the the Philadelphia Eagles are really good. I think Minnesota's I think Minnesota's talented. I think they're a good football team. Um, But also, I, I also think they have flaws as well, like everybody else. And. They have yet to put four quarters together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that anybody in the NFC has, has put four, even the Eagles haven't put four straight quarters together in any game. Like you look at the Eagles and they score all their points in the second quarter and then they cruise to victory. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like every game feels winnable to me. Um, <laughs> you know, and I mean, who would have thought, yeah, you know, I mean, how crazy is this year? Geno Smith is is right now the best quarterback in the NFC from Crazy. the way he's playing right now. I mean, it's just, just insanity to me. So yeah, there's. I mean, it's it's wide open. You're right. They win this game. Arizona goes to Minnesota and wins this game. Sitting at four and four, um, they're right in the thick of things with all the controversy and all the drama they've had so far, um, starting with the off season and you know, in the four hour study clause in the contract. They're right back in it. Yeah.
3: All right. um, This has not been a good year for aging quarterbacks, and you got one in Denver. We've talked enough about Russell Wilson. What do you make from the stuff coming off Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady at the moment?
4: Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously not good stuff, you know, and and when. You're calling your your folks out and and all this just never looks you know it never looks good when you're breaking, um you know when you're breaking iPads or or whatever those Surface tablets I think he's I think Tom Brady's broken five Surface tablets <laughs> so far, um I mean it's it that that part is insane so it's not a it certainly is not a a good look um and, and you certainly it feels like you're spoiled to some degree but um there you know I mean. I, Do I think those guys can still play? Absolutely. Um, It just goes to show you—you know—the things that we think—it's always funny to me you know we always talk about you know receiving cores. this was one of the things that just blew me away about when people were like hey they you know the rams need to settle or to go out there and and uh sign odell beckham jr like that's going to cure what's what ails them offensively really he's going to put on 70 pounds and play left tackle um because if if you can't block people i don't care if you have aaron Rodgers, you have tom Brady, you can't block people you cannot win and, you know, and, and so it's just it's it's crazy to see what's going on with those teams. And here's the other thing that's amazing. When those guys are cranky and those guys aren't playing very well and, you know, they're pissing and moaning every every chance they get. Look at Tampa Bay's defense. Like that defense was one of the most tied together, one of the fastest, most violent defenses that I have watched over the last several years. All of a sudden offensively they can 't produce and it just goes to show you the complementary nature of football mm-hmm. offensively they're not producing they're not scoring that defense has to stay out there too long and and all of a sudden they've become they 've gone from one of the best defenses you watch on film to to they can't i mean can't get off the football field can't convert on third down can't like they just they 're just very average um and so, you know, that, that that effect that that quarterback and not playing well on the offensive side of the ball is having on the defensive side of the ball is uh, is one of those things I don't think people account for either. Yeah,
1: Mark, great stuff as always. And uh, really looking forward to hearing your call of the Cardinals-Vikings on Sunday. We'll talk about it next week. Yeah, well, just keep your expectations low, and I should be able to meet them. <laughs> You're the best. We'll do it. Thanks, Mark. Mark Schler at the NFL on Fox 104.3, The Fan. He joins us every Wednesday to talk NFL football. Coming up next, we'll continue to talk NFL. We'll probably talk some NBA, and we'll definitely talk some music with one of our buddies, the drummer from Jimmy Eat World. Zach Lynn joins us next. It's Pickley and
0: Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford.
2: All right, welcome back to Bickley and Murata Mornings, everyone. Here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, we are heading to our website quickly for today's poll question. Monty Williams said after last night's win over the Warriors, guys, that Devin Booker is the most or probably the most complete player in the NBA right now. We are asking, where does Devin Booker rank among NBA players? Four games into the season. He's the number one player, baby. Top three, top five, top ten. Rank
3: however you will. uh, I'm voting top five. Top five is the answer, yeah. Top
2: five. Zach, how do you vote?
5: Um, I'm going to go with the guys.
2: Top five?
5: Yeah. appreciate the support, Zach. They're they're much smarter than I am when it comes to sports.
2: Absolutely. That's so true. All right. Just kidding. Top three. (laughs) I don't know if that's true. That's 36% of the votes. Top three player. 28% voted for top five. 19% say he is the best player in the league. 17% put him in the top 10.
1: There you go. You can vote on that right now. uh, Thanks, Sarah. Sanderson Ford Poll Question homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Yeah, you hear it. Jimmy Eat World, big show coming up on uh, Friday night here in town, Arizona Financial Theater with the main Thursday in Paris. And uh, you already heard his voice. Zach Lynn, the drummer of Jimmy Eat World joins us here in studio on Bickley and Murata Morning. Zach, it's been a while. How you been, man? It's I've been great, and it's so good to be back. It's uh, you forever. The answer to a trivia question on our show. You were the last in studio guest we had, and then COVID happened, and in studio guests went away for a really long time. I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I feel sort of yeah, responsible.
5: Your no, yeah. not your fault. I don't. Yeah. I
1: don't think you had anything to do with it. I didn't. I don't mess with bats, you know.
5: Not, so it's yeah, not my fault. Not
3: that right. Not that rock bands are superstitious at all. But but I know you guys must take some some enjoyment in the fact that you performed halftime Sunday at State Farm Stadium when the Cardinals finally ended that home loose Streak, because of course it's it's all because
5: of you guys. Well, exactly. You know, they were zero and eight uh, at home before we were in the crib, and right. so it makes a difference. And and we also have to go back to, you know, the D back season when I threw out the first pitch. They won that game. Uh, when we played the finals with the Suns uh, and the playoffs before that, the series before that, uh-huh. they won both of those games. So if you want. Uh, you know your team to win. You invite us. You give us a suite, right? Uh-huh. And then you give us some like free food and some let us play bowl, some, bowl jerseys. Yep. some jerseys, yeah, jerseys, <laughs> some jerseys. We need the jerseys, and then just kind of pamper us. And your team's gonna win, yeah.
1: So that's going straight it's out the to the perfect. the Coyotes have yeah. a home opener. You can't do it because you're playing Friday. So night, what's but, funny
5: yeah. is they actually asked us <laughs> to be a part of the home opener, and unfortunately, wow. we have this. You know, not. I mean, it's unfortunate that our show is on Friday, but you know, this is a big show for us. It's a hometown show, so yeah. we're playing on Friday and not able to make the Coyotes. But I felt like you know, I the first Coyotes game that I watched this year was last night, and they scored six goals. So I think that there's you know there's something going on magic. with magic. Yeah. Jimmy
3: Eat World Magic. Plus, they
5: only play bigger
1: venues. So, they couldn't do the
5: Coyote
0: Oh, jeez. Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's brutal, man. Ow. Jared. Jared. Zach oh, Lind of wow. Jimmy Eat World joining us in studio. So, this show, uh, Friday night at Arizona Financial, um, tell us about it. And like, at this point, you guys have been at this for a long time. You've been all around the world playing playing music. What does a, a, a show in the hometown feel like at this point for Jimmy Eat World? So we're really excited about this show. It's the first
5: time that we've done like a straight up headlining show in Phoenix since 2015. Wow. So it's been a very long time. A lot of the shows we played have either been us opening up for people or we'll do like a secret show at the Crescent where we announce it like day of. And we haven't had, we haven't given our fans the chance to come to see us play in town with no shenanigans, no opening up for somebody. It's like our show. So we uh, invited the main, who's also a hometown band. Mm -hmm who's an amazing band and great live um, so we kind of made it like this supercharged hometown show for both us and them and we're super pumped it's going to be awesome um, the, the the difference between hometown shows and other shows is that we like our guest list is really long and so <laughs> right. it's like a little bit stressful to yeah. be honest yeah. it's kind of like I get it um, but uh, that's kind of also part of the fun of the hometown show a lot of your friends come out and celebrate and hang out and get to see what you do because I have like friends who are like parents at sc- from the kids at school and they've they they're like oh well what do you do like you just seem like you're this homeless guy picking up your kid every day you know <laughs> and, and i was like well i play in a band and then they'll come and so they get to see what i do so it's kind of fun to do that yeah,
3: I, I never thought about it from that context because you hear a lot about athletes when when they're playing big games, the demands, the ticket demands. Yep. Yeah, that can get a lot of control, right?
5: Yeah, man. Like when you when you play in town, Dan, your band, like you get flooded with friends like, hey, man, where's my free ticks? Get me on the guest list. Where's uh-huh. the VIP passes? And it's stressful, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. So on that note, <laughs> Zach, yeah, left? <laughs> okay, there are four of us here.
5: Hey, so, so to answer your question, there's tickets that are available. So that's why, probably oh, why I'm here. Like that is true. Uh, so there there are a few tickets available, and if you want to go to the show, you can. You all four of you guys here can buy them. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Thank you. <laughs> and uh, even a promo code no? <laughs> where, yeah, i don't know where uh, would the four of us go to purchase tickets i, I mean so, I, yeah
3: all right
5: i think you could just go to JimmyWorld.com and figure it out from there there we go and that's all a right, good friday so, night
3: it, so the um so when you guys performed at state farm stadium was it just assumed that jim was going to be the one who revved up the horn at the beginning is it just is that just the yeah That's just a hierarchy i didn't
5: i i didn't get involved in that conversation. I personally felt like I would have done a way better job <laughs> but you know i don't want to steal thunder from jim you know i I was the one um the, they, I was the one that threw out the first pitch at the oh, D-backs game right, yeah. so I kind of I stole that from the yeah, guys uh, so well, I, I'll go ahead and let them wind up the siren that's fine
3: uh, for those who don't know Zach is also a tremendous youth baseball manager do you want to flex on that <laughs> a little bit Zach? I
5: mean you know we did win the Arcadia Little League championship last season we are the yeah. 2022 Arcadia Majors champions yeah. and uh, yeah it was a great uh, that was so much fun
1: How is your Scouting and draft well, prep going on well. for next year. <laughs> so the thing is, here's what's really funny
5: about this. So th- last year was my son's last year to play Little ah. League. So he's, he's now aged out. But like I enjoyed myself so much that I'm like, if I wasn't touring a lot in the spring, I would probably just be that guy where like, hey, if you need a manager, I'll do it. And there's going to be none of my kids are going to be on the team. And um, that would be fun. I would love to do that. But right now, I don't think I can... I don't think I can coach because I'm going to be touring and my son is also not going to be playing so it would be a little bit maybe weird, you know, the creepy coach that doesn't have anyone on the, yeah. Uh I don't want to be that guy but it was so much fun that I would consider it.
3: Well, there are rumblings and rumors going around that you were kind of ruthless with all apologies to Sarah the Ruthless that you were uh, kind of cutthroat as a man. They probably don't want you back in there, man. I
5: almost got thrown out of one of the games to be honest. The the umpire almost threw me out.
3: Well, and a lot of people might not know this but, but your dad, Jack was was in major league baseball.
5: Yeah, and actually my dad, yeah, he was uh, he played um for the Brewers for a partial season. Um he was in he was a shortstop and then Robin Yount's rookie year was the next year, so they didn't have enough room on the roster for my dad, but he had a long playing career and a long managing and scouting career in professional baseball in the minors. He was a third base coach for the Pirates under Gene Lamont for yeah. a little bit. Um so, you know, um and I actually, he was actually my assistant coach in Little League, so it was awesome to be able to coach with him. And, and he was able to coach his grandson, and it was it was just a great it was a great experience.
1: That's awesome, uh, Zach Lynn Jimmy World, who not only is a drummer of a great band here locally, but um, also huge Arizona sports fan. We've had you on to talk sports before. We got to get your synopsis on on where the Cardinals are right now. Vic and I have had, I mean, it's been therapeutic to talk about them because there's been so much to talk about from the offseason of the way this be- that season has began- begun. What are your thoughts on where the
5: Cardinals are? I already? think it's a really complicated situation and it's hard to read when you're not there. And I would even like to me it feels like there's a a coach that has some limitations and then a quarterback that also has limitations. Yes. And I think a lot of people have made this assumption that Cliff and Kyler are a great match because you know they come from a similar system. They played the system in college. You know, Cliff had this previous relationship with Kyler trying to recruit him. But the reality of it is is I think Kyler doesn't need someone like Cliff if he needs so he he doesn't need someone that sees things the way he that he that you know he doesn't need to see he doesn't need someone that reinforces what he already knows he needs someone like a Sean Payton type who is hey I'm going to take what you did really well in college and I'm going to help you translate into what you can be in the NFL and that requires a completely different outlook a different approach like I loved your interview with. um with Kurt Warner the other day because he he really speaks to that. It's like we're not teaching these younger QBs in high school and college, you know, how to really read defenses properly that in a way that actually works in the NFL. It might work in high school, it might work in college, but it's a different game, you know, it's a different sport. So to me I feel like we're making this assumption or anyone who's has any kind of confidence in in Cliff and Kyler, we're making this assumption that, oh well this is a, a match made in heaven and I actually think Kyler might need someone who's he respects, who actually he looks up to, and a guy can say and and a guy that can hold Kyler accountable. So, you know, I think I'm not sure who that is, but Sean Payton is a guy that
1: springs to mind.
5: Yeah, Yeah, listen,
3: I'm right. I'm right in alignment with you. What could go
1: wrong, Zach? They're only under contract for the next 28 years. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and that's and
5: that's really an owner problem, right? I mean, I like Michael Bidwell, but like you, you have to establish a culture where people need to earn their spot and I don't think you can really say that about Kime
1: and Cliff at this point yep. uh, Jimmy Eat World man. in concert this Friday night Arizona Financial Theater first headlining show for Jimmy Eat World in Phoenix since 2015 Woo! and somehow there's tickets still available but if you want to get a hold of those with the main Thursday in Paris go to Jimmy and then if you're headed to Vegas over the weekend Saturday at the uh, When We Were Young festival second, yeah. second weekend for that right yeah that's going to be awesome yeah Zach good to see you great seeing you Good Bye. to talk to you, and uh, best of luck with the shows this weekend. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank it was you. so much fun to be here. That is Zach Lind a drummer for Jimmy Eat World, joining us here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. So final thoughts on this Wednesday straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The
0: local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Song of the day.
3: I knew this was coming. <laughs> We've got to uh we gotta share this little anecdote that just happened in the break. I, I started asking Zach about the band's relationship with this song, by far their most popular song. Jimmy E. World's got a great catalog, diverse catalog, and sometimes bands grow resentful of having to kinda to play the hits at all times and, and that kind of thing. And as we're having this discussion, Zach saying, oh, no, no, we're, we, we understand what that song means. As we're talking about it, the door opens. Young Nick, who's a producer over on the news site, comes in and says, Zach, listen, I just want to thank you, man. The Middle is my favorite song of all time. It's helped me through some tough times in my life. And I just got to say, man, I love you. And we're like... Isn't that something? Yeah.
1: It's like almost like we paid to Nick to come <laughs> in
5: and
3: we, we didn't do it. We didn't it was do that.
5: Serendipity. Yeah. yeah. It's just one of those songs that has its own gravitational pull, yep. and, you know, we accept that and embrace that. Um, you know, anytime our song can be enjoyed, you know, let alone like it helping someone through a tough time, that's a huge honor for us. I mean, we were never expecting to be in a position where that would be the case. So um, when we hear that from people, it means a lot to us and you know it's like it's just a fun moment when we play this the the song live because everyone freaks out and really enjoys themselves and it's like what's there not to like why would we hate that you know
3: right some bands i think lose sight of that that a lot of fans what they want most is they want to reconnect with the feeling they had when that music or that song came out in the first place yeah yeah there's loyalty to the bands and, and fans are receptive to new music and all yeah and they're not a one-hit one. They've had a lot of big
1: hits. Oh, a lot of serious. Sweetness yeah, yeah. was a huge hit. Yes. Oh yeah.
3: No, I'm not su- I'm not suggesting otherwise. We'll Shut ahead. up,
0: Jared. Jimmy World the Middle, today's song of the day. Bickley and Marata. Going off the off grid. Off the grid brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800-500-5200 or sweetjames.com.
1: And Zach was uh, kind enough to stick around for the end of the show, and I'm glad you did because something came to mind about that song during the commercial break that I filed away and I wanted to ask you about because we haven't talked in a while. (laughs) The reaction video, and I think it was you and Jim reacting to uh, this this video of Prince covering the middle. Yeah. Um, does it get better than that, than hearing like a musical genius taking a liking to your song and then putting his spin on it for you? There's no higher honor, right,
5: to have a guy like Prince who is a... Colossus in the music world and is so influential and the fact that he would choose one of our songs to play was was awesome and we had heard that it happened but we and we actually tried to find the audio or wow. something of it and we could never find it.
1: Just trying and, to find Prince audio
5: was tricky yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, they would shut it down yeah. really quick. Um, and so the fact that we we were doing this interview with a guy over overseas in in the UK and he was like, "Hey, I actually have the audio." Cuz I like oddly enough, this journalist is a massive Prince fan. He had a Prince pin on his jean jacket. Wow. And then, and he's also a big Jimmy World fan. So he had actually known that this existed too. And he was trying to actively find it and search, scour the internet. And he found it and he played it for us. And we were like, total mind blown. Wow. What do you, That's uh, awesome.
1: What do you do when somebody covers your song and you're like, eh. you just not talk about it?
5: <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's flattering when, you know, when people cover the song and there's better, yeah. there's some versions of it that are not great. And, but that's okay. Like we covered songs when we were kids, and it probably sucked really, really bad. So um, you know, it, it's part of you know, it's part of how people learn to play and how they get excited about music. So it's, I think, you know, we're flattered that they choose to cover our song at all. You don't shut them down like Metallica and like pull them off the internet right away, do you? Um, Unless you get those sweet, sweet licensing fees. I don't think we're that <laughs> aggressive about it, right? Okay. I think that there's a lot of covers of the middle out there. I don't think we get to you know, mad about that.
2: Well, he's asking because he's going to do one this I'm gonna week. I'm going to do it. Yeah. So. so that would be
5: amazing. Oh, no. I would
1: love that. If, no,
2: you you like would a, songs, <laughs> if you could do one
5: of your songs, if you could do one of your songs to
1: the middle, that would be great.
5: All Uh-oh. right.
3: Do it. Okay.
1: Yeah, yes. I mean, it's it's Wednesday. That uh, usually happens on Friday. There's no chance he's actually started the process And he has
3: absolutely no shame, so there's no, there's no mental roadblocks ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Nothing but air
1: uh Zach again great to, uh, great to see you thanks for coming in uh, and another reminder Jimmy World in concert Friday night Arizona Financial Theater with the main Thursday in Paris go to Jimmyworld.com there are tickets available first headlining show in Arizona since 2015. That was seven years ago way too long yeah way, way too, long. too long so good good luck with that. Also thanks to uh, Mark Schlereth, Al McCoy for joining us. Thanks to you for hanging out as well We'll do it again tomorrow morning at six Wolf and Luke are up next. Have a great day, everybody. We'll catch you tomorrow here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.